On this Holy Thursday, we're asked to reflect on priesthood and Eucharist. And this has certainly been an interesting time for all of us to celebrate priesthood and Eucharist, because many of you have been unable to receive Eucharist for this entire season of Lent almost. But I'd like to focus on priesthood, and especially priesthood in this era that we're going through. Priesthood when we have to keep a social distance. Priesthood when we have to be isolated. Priesthood when we have to be separated. From the very time of our ordination, we as priests are consecrated. And to to be consecrated means to be made holy and to be set apart. And we're experiencing that right now. We're experiencing this being set apart. Just yesterday, I was driving. I, was, I wanted to go outside and, and be around people, but not catch anything bad. And so I figured one of the safest places to be would be the cemetery. And so I, I went to four or five different cemeteries. I kind of made a pilgrimage. And I went um, looking initially for my ancestors, my grandparents and great-grandparents. But then I discovered that most Catholic cemeteries have a section of priests. And it's all just priests that are, are buried there together. And it was interesting because as I looked at many of these priests, there were a lot that I didn't recognize. There were some you know, that are much older than me. But on each of their gravestones, it says in Latin, tuus sacerdos in aeternum, which means you are a priest forever. That's from Hebrews 7, chapter, uh, verse 3. Some of these priests I knew, Father Castello was there, and his brother from my home parish, the Holy Family in Parma. Some of the priests were mentors of mine. Some have been friends over the years. But even the ones that I didn't know or never really knew what they did or what they were known for, I knew one thing. They were a priest, and they are a priest forever. And so I'd like to focus on that for a moment of this time of being a priest and yet being separated from the people, this time of having social distancing and quarantine. You know, even my brother priests have kind of, as we talk to each other, we say, It's kind of weird being a priest right now, isn't it? But priesthood is not so much about what we do. What we do is good. You know, we do a lot of good ministry, and it's important. But it's not the essence of who we are. I'm a priest forever, no matter what I do. Even if I'm dead, I'm a priest forever. So sometimes people will even ask in quarantine, well, what do you do? Well, it's not about what we do as priests. It's about who we are. So I'm still a priest, even though I may not be counseling people or teaching at the grade school or organizing parish groups or building things or any of that. Even celebrating the sacraments, we're still priests. And maybe if I've learned anything else during this time, it's who I am, that I am a priest forever. This quarantining, as I said, should come somewhat naturally to us as priests because as consecration, we're set apart. But don't take this as a negative. It's not like we're set apart to, um, to be apart from people. It's set apart so that we can actually be closer. John Paul II says this in a very beautiful way. He says that we're not separated from people, but we're dedicated and consecrated totally. Since we are consecrated to God in a new way by our ordination, priests have become a living instrument of Christ, the eternal priest, so that through the ages they can accomplish his wonderful works of reuniting the whole human race. Therefore, since every priest in his own way represents the person of Christ, so each of us priests represent the person of Christ, not by what we do, but by who who we are 
in his identity. He says our human weakness of the flesh is remedied by the holiness of Jesus, who was the high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, and separated from sinners. I want to give you a few examples from recent history of priests that were holy because of who who they are, not because of what they did. Cardinal Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Tuan was ordained a priest in 1953, and in 1967, at the age of 39 years old, he became Bishop of South Vietnam. And the Holy Father, Pope Paul VI, anointed, appointed him coadjutor of Saigon. By that time, Francis's new appointment was rejected by the government, and on August 15, 1975, the Feast of the Assumption, he was arrested, and he would spend the next 13 years in prison, nine of those years in solitary confinement. So if you, be, if you think stuck, being stuck at home right now is bad, it's not anything close to this. When he was released, he was interviewed by the media, and he was asked what was his secret, what was the strength that kept him alive, what kept him sane. And his answer was always the same, the Eucharist. He explained how when he was arrested, he had to leave immediately, empty-handed, But on the following day, he was allowed to write to his faithful and ask for personal effects. And so he wrote, Please send me a little wine as medicine for my stomach. They understood right away. A few days later, the guards handed him a small container addressed, and it said, Medicine for your stomach ailments. He also received a small container of pieces of bread with three drops of wine and a drop of water in the palm of his hand. He would celebrate Mass. He was still a priest, even in solitary confinement for nine years. Cardinal Dolan uh, tells a story about St. Maximilian Kolbe, and you're probably familiar with the story, but there were ten people that were going to be um, assassinated. They They were on death row at the concentration camp. And one of the men was a father, and he had children. And so Maximilian said, I wish to take the place of that man. And the prison guard said, who is this Polish swine? And so Maximilian, instead of saying, I'm Maximilian Kolbe, or I'm a Pole, or I'm a human being, or I'm a friend of his, he says simply, I'm a Catholic priest. That was his identity. That's who he was. Archbishop Dolan uses this story to talk about what it means for all of us priests. The priesthood ultimately is a call. It's not a career. It's a redefinition of self, not just a ministry. It's a new way of life, not a job. We are priests. And yes, the ministry that we do is important, but he said priests first and foremost are priests before we act or do anything. He quotes Father William Byron who says, we are human beings, not human doings. So our identity comes from who we are and not what we do. Finally, Pope Benedict XVI was talking about some of the Russians that were being persecuted in the Gulag prison camps. And he says, we should learn anew the Eucharist is never merely what a congregation does, but what we receive from the Lord that has been granted to the entirety of the church. He says, I am always moved by the stories of what happened in these camps in the Persian Russian camps, where people had to do without the Eucharist for a period of weeks and months, and yet did not turn to the arbitrary celebration of of acting it out themselves. Rather, they made the Eucharistic celebration their longing, 
waiting and yearning upon the Lord, who alone can give himself. In such a Eucharist of longing and yearning, they were made ready for his gift in a new way, and they received it as something new, when somewhere or another priest was found with a bit of bread and some wine. And so we go for this, through this very unique time in our church history where right now the faithful are unable to receive the Eucharist, but the priests continue to celebrate. So as we celebrate this Holy Thursday and this Triduum, we give thanks to God for our priests, for the priests that have gone before us, for the priests that intercede for us. We give thanks for the priests that pray faithfully the divine office, who continue to celebrate the Eucharist and hear confessions and baptize and anoint, who marry and bury. But we give thanks especially for the priests that said their eternal yes. And even during those time, this time, we give thanks for the priests who are unable to celebrate the sacraments, those in nursing homes, for priests who are struggling with addiction or priests that are broken. None of these things change the reality of who they really are. And as those graves marked by priests that have gone before us, may we too realize this amazing reality that we have. These fathers always praying for us, always interceding, always being set apart as another Christ. May we always remember what it means when we say, you are a priest forever.